Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast, episode 93 at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This episode is brought to you in association with TravelTalks.tv and IndieTravelGuides.com. Today we're talking about treading lightly, reducing your impact both socially and environmentally while you travel. But before we get into that, let me tell you some very exciting news. Indie Travel Podcast has been nominated in the Lonely Planet Travel Blog Awards, which is cool. This is very exciting news. It means that people think we're one of the top five travel podcasts out there. So we're very excited about that. We are indeed. Now, it's a 50-50 vote, which I really like. 50% of the vote is based on public popularity, and the other 50% is based on a judge's decision. So it balances both popularity and quality. But it also means that you can help us win. We'd really like to win. So if you would vote for us, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah, we've got links splashed all over the site. So come by IndieTravelPodcast.com and um, you can't miss the links there. Or of course, you can go to LPLabs.com and just follow the links through them. The other contenders are Chris from The Amateur Traveller, Ben and Marina from Notes from Spain and Notes in Spanish, and also a Spanish podcast. And Now, we've been studying Spanish for the last three weeks, but I'm not that good yet. <laughs> so uh, good luck to everybody, and I hope it's going to be a good competition. Another thing we want to talk about is the World Nomads Travel Podcast Scholarship. Of course, there's more information and tips going up on our site each week, so stop by the Indie Travel Podcast and have a look at that. We definitely think you should apply for that. I mean, a free trip to Guatemala, that is so cool. Indeed. And we also want to thank TravelersPoint.com for sponsoring our Perth Guide last week. If you haven't checked it out, it's a great introduction to the city, so come by the site and download it. Yeah, you really should, because, I mean, Perth is a great city. We, we, we're still here, but we're not going to be here for much longer. We really like it, and we're actually really sad. We're starting to kind of wind down and get ready to, to head off into the wide world again. Mm, I'm really looking forward to being on the road again. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really going to be good. Well, while we're on the road, one thing that we try and do our best is to tread lightly. So now we're going to talk a little bit about ecotourism, but also talk about some of the, the social aspects of travel as well and how we can lessen our impact on, on communities. Yeah, I mean, ecotourism is a really big movement these days. I mean, five years ago, the concept just really didn't exist. I mean, hippies thought about it, but that was about it. <laughs> so now it's, it's, passed, it's even passed through popularity now. It's out the other side. Now it's kind of standard. People have to be seen to be green. Mm, but appearance isn't always the same as really being green. And so what's good for the environment isn't always, uh, sorry, doesn't always have a big green sticker on it. There's this thing called greenwashing, which is where companies make them look, make themselves look green, look like they've got good environmental credentials, when really it's just a PR game. Yeah, it's exactly the same tour as it was last year, but they've just taking the aspects that look good to eco-tourists and, you know, magnified them. Hmm, and things like carbon offsetting and things like that. So what we don't want to do is just throw extra money at these kind of schemes. What we want to do is carefully consider how we're traveling and the true impact that it's having. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of ways to make your trip more eco-friendly, which will not only help the environment but will also increase your enjoyment and the enjoyment of others with you or all the people who come after you on the same trip. It doesn't matter what sort of trip you're taking because there's something you can do and it's not not necessarily just offsetting your carbon footprint. 
Mm. Now, one thing we love to do is to go hiking um, or tramping as we strange New Zealanders call it. Bush love to get out into the forest, into the mountains and and walk. And we often camp, which is a really good way to interact with the local environment. Um, not only is it cheap. Um, <laughs> that was our major motivating that was our major motivating factor for a long time. <laughs> there's also some fantastic views to be had, and they're always just outside the door. So if you are camping, make sure you take your rubbish with you. Don't light any fires unless there's a specific fire pit. And um, also use biodegradable soap, because we don't want these chemicals getting into the water supply. Also make sure you go to the toilet at least a few metres from any water source, preferably 50 to 100 metres if you can. But if you're near a river, just go away from it because, you know, you don't want your uh, offal <laughs> leaking into the water supply. Indeed. There used to be this thing called burn, bash and bury, which was how you were meant to deal with your rubbish. You'd set it on fire and burn it up. You'd bash it to really break it down as much as possible. And then you'd bury it under the ground. Unfortunately, this method is becoming really unsustainable. So pack it in, pack it out. Yeah. If you bring it with you, then you've got space in your pack to take it out. Just make sure you've got some extra plastic bags with you. We really hate it when we're, when we're walking around and tramping and we see rubbish strewn everywhere. And what's worst about it is it's quite often the people from that country who don't respect their own environment. You know, they're, they're off having their holiday and they just don't think to take their rubbish with you with them. So... It'd be great if you're walking in the forest or anywhere, make sure you take all your rubbish with you. Mm, some other really ugly things we've seen include like a paddock which is full of fire pits. Yeah, that was sad. It's like every couple of metres in this, I guess it was a, a paddock, but in, in a copse of trees, every couple of metres was another fire pit. So there are about 20 in a yeah. really small space. It was so unnecessary. I mean, if there was one there, then everyone could have used that one again because it was in a good place. But it just it really scarred the environment. It made it ugly and it meant that we really didn't want to stay there. Mm. Well, on to something which probably more people will be doing, and that's backpacking, staying with people, whether you're couch surfing or crashing with friends and distant relatives and distant places. So how can we keep a low kind of impact while we're, while we're staying with people? Yeah, in this regard, we're not really talking about the natural environment because you're going to be inside. But... One thing that you can think about is keeping to yourself, trying and keeping your footprint in the house small. So keep your stuff in your backpack. Don't spread it out all over the house. Yeah, this also works in a dorm room. Yeah. The bed belongs to you. The entire floor space is not yours to use 24-7. We stay with some people who just spread out over the entire room. And, you know, it's just not very nice. Yeah, if you're coming in late at night, you don't want to be walking through other people's stuff to get to your bed. That's right. I mean, it's good for you as well. If you spread all your stuff out, you're that much more likely to lose it. Yeah, indeed. Um, a pet peeve of mine, don't use cheap spray-on deodorant in the dorm room. Oh, yes. Um, please. Keep the natural environment as fresh as possible. Use deodorant. Please. please. By all means, <laughs> use deodorant. But that that smell of cheap aerosol, oh, I, yeah. I can do without that any time of the day or night. Yeah, we regard that as a pollutant of the atmosphere. <laughs> we get that sometimes in the classroom as well, and it's just, open all the windows, use the door as a fan. <laughs> so number three, clean up after yourself. You'd be surprised how many people don't seem to be house trained. Just, if you make a mess, 
clean it up. If you spill coffee on the stove, wipe it down. It's, it's really not that difficult. But please consider other people and, you know, don't necessarily leave the place as you found it. Make it a little bit better. Mm. Now, a lot of countries have issues with water supply, and those that don't, where water's in plentiful supply, it still um, takes extra power out of the grid if you have a long shower. So we'd recommend, at home and abroad, have a short shower to cut down on both your water usage and your electricity usage. Yeah, definitely. That's a big thing. And number five, offer to help. If you're staying with people, one of the best things you can do is just to offer to help. People might not want your help, but just say, hey, can I, can I help with the dishes? Can I help with dinner? They'll really appreciate it. Yeah, now we covered the subject in a lot more detail in a past show. So if you are going to be staying with people, you might want to look at our tips for being a great guest before you arrive. You'll find that in the archives. All right, moving on. If you're staying in a hotel, so you don't have to worry about being a guest, but what can you do to kind of minimize your impact on the environment when you're staying in a hotel? Well, stay longer. If you're staying for one night, it means all of the laundry and fittings in the room are going to be washed after that one night. So staying for a long time means you cut down on the laundry use, the detergent going into the water supply, and um, the electricity use, like we said before. Mm, That's a good point. And number two is like it, reuse your towels. This movement is growing in popularity at the moment. Quite a lot of hotels have a, a scheme whereby if you want to reuse your towel, you hang it on the rack. And if you don't want to reuse it, you want it to be washed, you throw it in the shower or in the bath. That's a really good way to to minimise your impact on the environment because if you use your towel for two or three days in a row, it doesn't need to be washed every single day. Mm. One thing I'd also consider is trying to choose and find a local hotel rather than a large multinational. Yeah. Uh, You're probably going to have a more interesting experience, Mm. and that could be good or could be bad, depending on what type of interesting. But um, by avoiding a big multinational, you're more likely to be putting money into the local environment rather than it just disappearing over to the international headquarters, wherever it is. Okay, well, number number four then. Try using public transport instead of using a taxi or hiring a car. The infrastructure is already in place, so you'll be minimising your impact on the environment because you won't be the only person in a car or the only person in a taxi. Now, we appreciate it's not always safe or practical to do this, but do consider it. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun as well. Oh, yeah. it's I really find it the adventure of travel, one of the most, well, probably one of the first things I ever have to do in a foreign language is buy a ticket somewhere. Yeah. So yeah. that's always fun. And it means I think you get to know the city you're in a bit better because you have to work out where you're going. If you can just jump in a taxi, I, I never know where I am if I'm in a taxi. Hmm. Uh, On to tours then, while we're talking about travelling around, I'd highly recommend choosing a local tour company wherever you can. Buy it when you get there, which also saves on your costs. Normally local tours are much cheaper than tours booked through an agency at home. Yeah, tourism's a large part of a nation's income. I mean, some nations make almost all their money off tourism. But with huge tour companies, sometimes as little as 10% of the money you pay stays in the country. 10%? Yeah, it's shocking. And I mean, how can they justify that? I mean, they must be buying things overseas. They've got, you know, they're not using local guides. So all the money is just disappearing. Yeah, either that or they're charging foreign prices and paying local wages. Yeah. Which um, can be a really, well, it's important for the local environment. Sorry, the local economy. But it 
It's really extortionate, I find. I think it's terrible. I mean, yeah, it's much cheaper. If you arrive in a country and find a local tour, you'll find it a lot cheaper than if you bought it overseas. Or you could try using responsibletravel.com. They, they use local tours, but they book it for you. Yeah, we've been keeping an eye on responsibletravel.com for the last couple of years. We haven't booked anything through them, but they seem to be a solid organisation. Yeah. You could also try a volunteer holiday, or voluntourism as it's called. It's not a complete solution, but you are helping local communities while you're there. Your money's being reinvested in the infrastructure and tourism development. So it is a worthwhile thing to think about. Yeah, definitely. GVI.co.uk is um, our other partner in the World Nomads Travel Podcast Scholarship. And that's what you'll be doing in Guatemala if you win. You'll be, in part, working on a GVI project there. Oh, yeah. All right, number three. If you're on a tour, buy your souvenirs from market stalls. Don't buy them from the airport. Oh, my goodness. Seriously, do not buy them from the airport. You going to tell your uh, Kenya story? Well, I bought a shawl, kind of a shawl slash tablecloth slash baby carrier piece of material, very nice. And it cost me about, I can't remember exactly, I think it was something like 60 shillings or, you know, it was $5. So I got to the airport and I thought I'd quite like to get another one because one of my friends had missed out. She didn't have any money. We were at the supermarket buying it. So I went into the uh, the the gift store where I could buy a shawl and they were selling them for easily six times the price. Six times. And I was like, uh, are you sure this is the price? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, but I got one for $5 across the road. And they're like, well, this is the airport. <laughs> this is the airport. What a fantastic <laughs> excuse. <laughs> I've most, uh, most noticed that on food and drink prices in oh, airports. Yeah, yeah. But, um... I understand the captive market idea, but not only, if you buy your souvenirs from market stalls you know your money's going straight to the person who either made it or sourced it locally whereas if you buy it at an airport the people who made it probably aren't making much money off it at all Mm, that's true well i I was speaking with uh stephen chapman earlier this week and he runs a blog called maketravelfair.co.uk um i asked him to kind of give us a quote for this episode and this is what he said Travel shouldn't be concerned with branding, advertising, imported goods, materials or services, but with what is native, local and beneficial towards preserving the land, the environment and the cultural identity of indigenous communities. Educated travellers are an extremely powerful force in helping to shape economies, environments and societies. Linda, your thoughts? That's a very good take on it. Yeah, so if um, that kind of flicks your bick if that's something you'd like to get more involved in or argue about more then um, maketravelfair.co.uk is a site dedicated to this fair and sustainable travel um, I'm going to put some links to some of articles that caught my attention in the show notes so visit indietravelpodcast.com find the show notes for this episode and uh, click through to a couple that I'll highlight Right now I just want to talk about a couple of things that are general. For any sort of travel, wherever you are, some things that you can do to kind of tread lightly. Yeah, one thing I'd say is emulate the locals wherever possible. Now, I don't mean getting dressed up in local (laughs) garb, although you can if it's suitable, if it fits. But um, keep an eye on the locals and emulate their habits, their actions, the way they go about daily life. 
Yeah, I always remember when I was in Kenya before I bought the shawl. We often went to church because it was a mission strip, and I was there for five weeks. And it took me until week five to realize what I was doing wrong every time I went into a church. Every single time. You'd think it would just be 50% of the time, given the story I'm about to tell you. But no, it seemed to be every single time. What I didn't know was that one side of the church was the men's side, and the other side of the church was the women's side. And I always just went and sat down wherever I felt like it, because that's what I do at church at home. But I was so wrong. Eventually I worked it out that, you know, oh look, they're all women. Oh look, they're all men. Oh, look, Here's I'm on the me. men's yeah. side. So I worked that out and uh, started paying more attention when I went to church, which is, I mean, something that you need to do. Just pay attention. Be mindful. Yeah, be mindful. Uh, one thing that gets my goat is these carbon offset schemes. What you do is calculate how much carbon is being released into the atmosphere by your form of transport, whether it's a car, a bus, a plane, whatever, and you pay money towards a scheme which attempts to plant trees and filter the environment in such a way to cancel out the negative effects of your transportation. I just don't like it. To me, it smacks, in and of itself, it smacks of these middle-age indulgences. Yeah, it does. You you used to be able to pay the Catholic Church in order to sin. Yeah, right. I think I'm going to rob a bank today, so... Okay, I'll give you some money. (laughs) So to me, in and of itself, just paying for a carbon offset scheme, to me, doesn't address the fundamental issues. I mean, it's not wrong in and of itself. I mean, it's a good thing. I mean, having trees planted is definitely a good thing. Oh, yeah. If you can get your company to cover that as part of their business strategy, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, but so many companies, so many airline companies at least, just have this carbon offset scheme because they would be seen to be ungreen if they didn't have them. You know, that it would be negative advertising. Oh, you're not doing anything towards the environment. And people, I think people, when they, they're booking their tickets, they feel guilty because they're traveling, and traveling is fun. So they're like, oh, I better not feel guilty. Oh, well, maybe if I put some money towards carbon <laughs> offset. Yeah. You know? yeah, I think when you think of it like this, it very closely resembles the, uh, the idea of indulgences. Um, I'm sure that comment will have annoyed some people. So come by the site and tell us your thoughts. There's a comment section at the bottom of almost every page on the site. So you can uh, write down exactly what you think and other people can come in and comment on it too. One thing we think is really great is definitely giving to the environment. But I think it's much better if you stay local. These carbon offset schemes often are far, far away from you, on the other side of the world often, and you're not even breathing the air that the trees are producing. So one thing to do is maybe giving a donation to a local forest preservation group who will keep you informed about the state of your personal source of air, you know, the air that you're breathing. Yeah, and if you're really stuck, you can give to our local forest preservation (laughs) trust. And then you can go and visit it. It's in New Zealand, and it's very nice. Yeah, so we regularly donate to the Pukiti Forest Trust, which is a a Northland forest, um, which is quite close to our city of Auckland. Not that close. I don't think Uh, we actually A couple of hours. Yeah. We do go walking in it quite often, so... Yeah. Well, um, one last blog before we finish off is gogreentravelgreen.com, which is run by Elizabeth and Kimberly. They're from the States, and they travel around the place. They're in either South or Central America at the moment. I'm not sure, 
but they've got a focus on environmental, sustainable green travel, and so they're well worth checking out. Now, don't forget to vote in the Lonely Planet Travel Blog Awards, please. Start thinking about the World Nomads Travel Podcast Scholarship, which we definitely think you should apply for because it is so cool. And, of course, come by the site, leave a comment, join in in the fun. Yeah, well, that only leaves me to say. Until next (laughs) week, travel well.